This podcast contains explicit material. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to this mini text episode of The Joy of Text. I'm Sarah Rosner Lawrence, and I'm here as usual with Dr. Bacheva Marcus, Clinical Director of Maze Women's Health. Hi, I love these mini texts. I feel like I learned so much. And I'm also here with Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh Hashiva and President of Yeshiva Chobbe Torah. Hi, I love doing these mini text episodes. <laughs> Okay, so what text do you have for us today, Rabbi Linzer? So this is a passage from the Talmud Brachot 22a, and Mishnah had said a law that somebody who is a balkari, which basically means a man who's had sex, it could mean he had a wet dream, but most circumstances we're talking about a man who's had sex, that he is not allowed to say the Shema. And the Breite here expands on it and says the following. I'll just read it in English. It was taught in the Breite. It's written, you shall impart them to your children and your children's children which is teach Torah to your children. And it's written after that, the day that you stood before the Lord at Chorev and Mount Sinai. So just as there, the revelation at Sinai was in reverence, fear, quaking, and trembling, so too here, Torah must be studied with reverence, fear, quaking, and trembling. So the same way at Mount Sinai, you were in this position of awe and trembling. Whenever you teach Torah, it has to be in the same state. And somehow a man who has just had sex with his wife, or last night, this morning, is not considered to be in the proper state to be learning Torah. And to skip to the end, it says, as a list of things that he would not be able to do, it's read from the Torah, the prophets, the writings, study Mishnah and Gemara, Halachas and Agada. All those things a Baal Keri, a man who's had sex with his wife, is not allowed to do. So I'll pause here. The Talmud's going to about to quote a passage of somebody who disagrees with this. But I'm just curious about your thoughts. Like, why should you not be able to go from sex the night before to learning the first thing in the morning? The way to allow it is to go to the mikvah. So does that make any sense to you, from even from the Talmud's perspective? Can I just clarify something, yeah. which is... Isn't there a thing about Ona that tell me the Echachim have to have sex every night? Once a week. Um, oh, once a week. Yes. There's nobody who has sex every night? They could, uh, yes, there is. Somebody who's uh, always at home and doesn't have to work a lot. And, oh, that's not a tell. No. That's not a tell. <laughs> <laughs> right, it might be, but anyway. Okay, no. sorry. No. Okay, that I was going to say that's a little counter. Right, because then they're not going to get a chance Well, to, uh, to learn. Well, I will tell you a different version of this, which I didn't quote, or a different way of framing this in the Talmud is that this was done specifically to keep the students more in the base medrash and away from their wives. So since if, really? they were, yeah, since if they would have sex with their wives, they would first have to go to the mikvah and it would be such a pain before they could go learn. So it would encourage them to spend more time learning and less time being with their wives. Oh, that passage I did not I got have. you totally sidetracked. <laughs> no, no, but it's important sorry. to know that's, that's so a different framing of this. Yeah, yeah, it just seems so so counterintuitive to the way that we usually talk about ona and sex and how important it is to have sex in in a marriage. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. I guess this like there's an element of it that kind of makes sense to me. Like maybe you know the idea is that learning Torah is like more of a like encompassing type of type of pursuit and maybe, you know, having having had sex kind of interrupts that. But as I'm talking, I like I don't really understand the I don't really believe <laughs> well, that at all. Cause you know, it's like also you're talking about the next day. I, I right. don't think that that would be a problem. Well so I'm having two reactions. My first reaction is it's counterintuitive because usually we talk about the fact that like 
let him have sex so he gets it out of his system and mm. then he can focus on something else, right? Like if you're like all wound up because you are like turned on or interested in having sex, so you can't really focus on anything, but then you have sex, it's good, and then you're done and then your brain is now clear to move on to other things. That mm -hmm. is a concept that we have in other parts of our life. So that's fine and good, but then I'm also thinking, you know how like when people start having sex when they're younger, they just got married, they start having sex, it is very like all encompassing. Mm. Like you, you find it hard to think about other things. I, I've definitely heard that. I sort of people maybe remember that from mm -hmm. their early on stages where like you're like sitting in class the next day. You know what I mean? Like and mm. you 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 know you have you're pretty new to the whole sex thing and it's really cool and it's special and it's very overwhelming. And so your brain is not is a little mm. foggy from it. You know, I know huh. people talk about that. And so I, I know that I'm arguing both sides of this coin. So that's not right. really fair of me, but I'm kind of wondering if that's, that's interesting. relevant. I mean, I will say that what makes it allowed is like is going to the mikvah, which doesn't change your frame of mind, but maybe it just allows you to sort of like sort of put that behind you and right. you know, conceptually. Right, taking a cold bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually had a crazy thought, which is that this description about fear and trembling and what was it? Quake, fear, quaking and trembling. Um, you know, I, th that could be a description, maybe not the fear part, but the quaking and trembling about the sexual experience. You know, that, as soon as you were saying it, I was like, that's so funny that you're saying that you don't have it because theoretically that's describing sex, right. right? But maybe that's part of the thing. Like it was such an intense experience and like maybe the learning of the Torah pales in comparison. Like, you know, you have to, and if you want to approach Torah with an intensity, you have to, I don't know, make some type of a transition. But in the end, this wasn't the halacha, right? The right. halacha, is, this is ridiculous because well, you'd have... <laughs> No, it's not ridiculous. Yes. No, I'm not saying it's ridiculous. I'm just saying it would be ridiculous to think this was really halacha because you have all of these yeshiva students right. who I assume are having sex and they don't just not go right. to yeshiva the next day. Oh. Although there is a, there is still an existing minhag among some Hasidim yep. to use the mikvah every morning. Yep. So Correct. there yes. definitely are people who still, who yeah, still do Yeah, there definitely this. are people that do this. So let's actually look at the next paragraph, which is a beautiful story, I think. It was taught in a bright that Rabbi Yehuda ben Batera would say, matters of Torah do not become ritually impure. So meaning, don't bother me with the fact that you're impure, quote unquote, and you had a seminal omission, you had sex. You know, that doesn't affect learning Torah. A story with a student who was haltingly mumbling before Rabbi Yehuda ben Batera. Rabbi Yehuda said to him, my son, open your mouth and let your words illuminate, as matters of Torah do not become ritually impure. As it is stated, it's not my word like fire, says the Lord. Just as fire does not become ritually impure, so too matters of Torah do not become ritually impure. And then the next passage of the Gemara says that the Wait, wait, can you just explain yes. that story? Yeah. So he, some student came in and he was like mumbling because he had right, had sex? Because he, he had had sex and he's not he allowed to learn Torah and maybe uh -huh. he's particularly not allowed to say it out loud. And maybe he was called on to uh, recite uh, some passage or something. And it was clear that he was not doing it because of this law. And Rabbi Yehuda was saying, like, forget about the law. We don't rule that way. So this, I think, is really kind of sweet. I don't uh -huh. know. I, I feel like this is very sweet. Like, the student comes in. I, let me just reframe it. And okay. I in my 21st century, you know, sensibility. The student comes in. He is. He he had sex with, his, you know, he's a young student. He had right. sex with his wife last night. He's feeling really exactly like I was talking about. Like his head is kind of still thinking mm -hmm. about her or the experience or whatever. And he's feeling guilty. Like how could I be talking about Torah when I'm our sort of more hedonistic side? We feel like it's not really, you know, doesn't 
shouldn't somehow overlap with Torah. And so he's feeling funny about it. And then Rabbi Yehuda has been saying to him, don't be ridiculous. Like Torah, right? Like this, you had sex with your wife. That's Torah also. That's great. Let's all like realize that you shouldn't be embarrassed about that. It's, this is great. What do you think? All, I'm not Sarah's sure Rabbi Yehuda was saying it, but it's a great read. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there definitely is something very sweet about about this image of like a student coming in and just feeling being, guilty. Yeah, like feeling guilty, kind of not like not knowing how to handle himself mm-hmm. in this like new situation, and the rabbi just being like, "It's okay, forget <laughs> about it. Like you're still pure, Torah's right. still pure, everything's good." Yeah, um, and beautiful yeah, in Hebrew, it's poetic. Tach picha v'yairud Open up your mouth and let your words yeah. shine forth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Really Sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack no, you. No, not at all. No, no, no. That's like... it. The last one just says that the accepted practice is like Rabbi Yehuda. So of course you... <laughs> it is because I love Rabbi Yehuda here. <laughs> so there you go. It's really um, – no, it is – there is something very, very sweet about this. Mm-hmm. But I also think aside from being sweet, it goes right at the heart of this – kind of weird dichotomy we have about sexuality oh, being yeah. bad and Torah being good and mm. maybe Rabbi Huda saying like stop it that is not the case like mm-hmm. t- sex is powerful but it's also good like fire mm-hmm. and Torah is good and stop making this false dichotomy oh that's a great read yeah kind of because of that I, I really appreciate your earlier reading about like the quaking and trembling mm-hmm. that like the idea is not so much that good versus bad but that you know just having having such a powerful you know deep experience and then trying to follow that up with relating to this intellectual enterprise as the same kind of deep visceral powerful experience like that that it's just difficult to go straight from one like physical expression of that to the more like mm-hmm. intellectual oh, that's experience a, yeah that. that's lovely also yeah so i kind of like one of those two perspectives, <laughs> but definitely not the good versus bad right. reading. Right. No, I, yeah. but I like that a lot, uh, both of those. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Great. Good text. Right. Wasn't sure I liked it when you started. But <laughs> it. We saved that one. Yep. This episode of The Joy of Text was recorded by Mike Hurst, was produced and edited by Max Hollander, and is a project of the Lindenbaum Center at YCT. If you have questions or comments you'd like to share with us, you can do so anonymously at www.thejoyoftext.org. The Joy of Text is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any podcast app. If you like what you hear, show us your support by giving us a five-star rating and stay up to date with our latest episodes and live events by following us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.